the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. All about potatoes. Welcome, my name is Jeanette Sutherland. This podcast is all about potatoes. Potatoes are an important crop in the crofting counties with many crofters growing them for their own family's needs. Other crofters may sell their potatoes at farmers markets or in vegetable boxes. Today, I'm delighted to interview Innes Jessamine about this crop and to get his advice throughout the growing cycle. Hi Innes, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your background with potatoes? Yes, currently I work with SAC Consultant based at the Krebsen office just outside Aberdeen. So I've been here for the last about five years. We have a small team here of consultants who are specialists in potato production, agronomy, that type of thing. So there's myself, Kieran Maloney, Phil Burgess is one of the team as well, and Stuart Whale. So it's a small team, but we, as I say, we specialise in purely in potatoes. Prior to that, I was with the Scottish Government Department of Agriculture, as it was called, based at Inverurie in Aberdeenshire again. There I specialised in the potato side again, which involved growing crop inspections during the summertime, seed potato production, I should say, and uh, then the, the seed tuber inspections in the wintertime as well. So when they're going away off farm, they have to be inspected as well. So I spent about 23 years there. So um, There won't be many potato farms in that area you haven't visited then. No, most of the... <laughs> um, most of the grampian ones, yes. Coming to SAC Consulting, it's it's spread our geographic because we now work from the Black Isle right down into the, along the East Coast, the Murray Coast, uh, right down to the borders, really. So just where the potatoes are growing, we, t- we have discussion groups and grower groups in most of these areas. So we have a, a good number of p- potato growers within these regions, and we tried to to get them to work together and discuss things and discuss issues and problems like that, which, uh, which yeah, seems to work fine in most areas. That's excellent. Now, potatoes seem to be a crop that is getting increasingly specialised in Scotland with less growers. However, mm-hmm. this podcast is for crofters and small growers. So what I wanted to do was to pick your brains throughout the growing cycle of the crop and focus on management issues that small scale growers or those new to growing should be starting to think about. Is that OK? Yeah, that's fine. Excellent. Mm -hmm. From the very start, how do you go about selecting a good area to grow potatoes on? (laughs) Good question. Maybe it depends what's available on the croft or on the the land that you're farming. If possible, go go for lighter type of soil, you know, sandier. Sandier soils are more suitable for potato production. If you can get clean ground you know the land that hasn't been in potatoes for a number of years how many years is ideal for not having um most of the seed production and the rest of scotland it's uh, depends on the grade of seed you're growing but one in seven if you can push it to one in ten that's even better you know so it just avoids a lot of the disease diseases build up in the in the soils and they will over that time they'll disappear so it's uh, it's in your own interest to keep it as as fresh as possible. And if you can get 
land that's never had potatoes, that's that's even better. Fantastic. And is it right that you have to be careful of grounds being limed recently to avoid those areas? Yeah, there's various problems with pH. Obviously, the if you lime it and then plant potatoes, it would it can encourage common scab disease to develop. You know, because of the higher pH. So most commercial growers would would lime after potatoes. So not not before, rather after. Potatoes will grow in quite a wide pH range, you know, so it's not, they'll grow from, you know, five and a half to six and a half. So it's, it, they're not very fussy. They will, they will do well in most, most pHs. Great. And then, so we've selected the piece of ground that we're going to grow the potatoes on. And mm -hmm. how do you go about picking the right varieties of potatoes to grow for your situation? Mm -hmm. I know that's quite a big question. <laughs> <laughs> depends what your market is if you're growing for yourself grow a variety that that you want to eat or you try different varieties if you're growing for a commercial sale yeah then you need to be a bit more fussy you know there's so many varieties i was just looking up this the, the number of seed varieties growing in scotland currently is about 260 varieties so there's there's varieties out there for every day of the year almost and that's not all the varieties because uh, sasa have uh, more varieties than that, you know, the heritage collection and all that. So th there's plenty of varieties out there. Um, some of them are, you know, will be local to your area, and um, which is good. I mean, try growing them because if other people are growing them, they must do well in your area. So that's always a good one. But if you're going to be eating them yourself, yeah. try different varieties. Try some of them are look really good. You know, they they might give you nice nice shaped tubers big tubers but they taste like soap you know so what's the point in growing that you know so you want something that you can eat and some people like dry flowery potatoes other ones are like you know more salad type with the firmer so i really there's a lot I of personal preference in the tasting preference, there. personal preference yeah. yes i wouldn't like to say you have to grow this variety because it's down to the personal taste yes yeah. And for, if you're selecting, like, if we just focus on, you know, people growing for, like, home consumption, the different types of varieties that are, like, either earlies or... Main uh, crop, yes. Main crop. Mm -hmm. How does that affect you if you're growing on a very small scale? Main crop tend to take longer to mature. If you planted them at the same time as your earlies, the, the main crops take a long time to come to maturity. So to get to size, you would say, whereas earlies will get going quick and will produce you a decent crop in fairly early in July even you know so it, the problem with main crop is the longer it's growing the more exposed it is to diseases out there and it, it's more chance of picking up blight whereas if it's an early variety you, you kind of often avoid the blight season uh, because it's in early and it grows quick and it's up early. That is the main difference between you get you get second early, you get early main crops, you get late main crops as well. So it, I, I wouldn't worry too much about okay. that. Earlies would guarantee a better crop early on, as as the name suggests. You know, so that's great. So we've now worked out where we're going to plant the potatoes. We've picked mm. with a variety of which ones we like to eat, and having a bit of a think about the disease risks and that, which ones we're mm. going to grow. 
of what options do we have to prepare the ground for potatoes? I must confess that recently I've been growing them in tires, which is not a very traditional method, but I find it quite effective. Mm-hmm. What are the, the different options on a relatively small scale that are available? I take it you would have, I mean, you'd have some kind of equipment on the farm to... to... Yeah, I mean, there'd be the listeners would cover a variety of people with tractors and ploughs and mm. down to manual only. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, yeah, as you say, you can grow them in bags, you can grow them in containers, but most people still grow in a field or in a plot, you would say. So um, if you can ridge it, get them ridged up, uh, if the soil's fairly, fairly free draining, you can ridge it straight, you know, cultivate it a bit, maybe yeah. to, to, to let the heat in or to dry it out a bit and then ridge it up to set it up to the sun, you know, to dry it out even further. So if you plant by hand after that, that's fine. Or if you if you have a planter, even better, you yeah. know. So the soils are important, but I mean, potatoes will grow in most soils. You don't want to work the soil too early. You want to give it time to, to warm up. Yeah. I think that's important. Um, a lot of people will plant really early into cold soils, which we would never suggest that. We'd rather plant a wee bit later into warm soils because then the, the, the tuber will start sprouting straight away if it's warm right. warm conditions instead of sitting. If, if it's cold conditions, it just sits in the soil and does nothing, and that, again, lets disease in. So we'd rather it grows it goes into warm soils and then just starts growing straight away. Great. And get and gets through this comes through the surface quick. Yeah. So the advice on when would be the right time to plant potatoes is to very mm. much be driven by your own local weather conditions and yes, soil conditions. Yeah. Yeah. The growers here will on the east coast will will wait till it's well, till they can get on the land and till they can work the soil. But some companies say wait till the soil's at ten degrees before you start planting. Oh, the so, same but, as grass kind of thing. Yeah. There's no point in sitting in cold soils. It'll grow quick enough if the soils if the soil temperature's right, it'll grow quick. That's fantastic. So then my next question is, how do you supply enough fertility for the potatoes? Because they're although you were saying they're not too fussy about pH, they're quite fussy about things like phosphorus, aren't they? Yeah. They do need yeah, P and K the phosphate and potash to to get going properly. Hopefully the soil will have a baseline p and k in it anyway a lot of people will add muck if you've got that option or seaweed or something just to, to boost the fertility because they are a hungry crop they're producing a big yield so they're, they're taking a lot out of the soil if you've got farmer yard manure fine put it on before you ridge up things like that and get it on or you can apply bag fertilizer as well you know so so people will do that but it's meh. The cost of fertilizer this year has doubled in price, as you will know. So it's uh, use it sparingly, I would say. And nitrogen, don't overdo the nitrogen. All you'll do is encourage the top growth. You know, the, uh, so you don't want to overdo the nitrogen. If you're buying, if you're buying fertilizer, keep it a balanced fertilizer, not straight nitrogen or triple seventeen. Or you do get sp- yeah. specific fertilizer for for potato production but um, yeah just go easy with with the nitrogen and once you've got your potatoes in the ground you're starting to germinate when they're starting to grow what kind of diseases or deficiencies when you're checking the crop should you be looking out for disease is always an issue potential issue there is certain diseases 
will be carried. If you keep seed from the year before, there might be virus diseases in the seed, which will get worse every year. So, and these virus diseases are spread by green fly as well to oh. to your healthy stock. So, if a green fly lands on an infected plant, it can feed on that plant and then spread it to other healthy plants in your garden and your farm and in your neighbours as well. So, just we would encourage you to buy fresh seed, certified seed as well. If, if if it's available, that's not to say you can't use your own own seed. If it's healthy, if it if it looks healthy, and it's growing well, fine. You know you can keep it, but um, just be aware. Of, the longer you grow it, the more chance of picking up with these virus diseases, which will affect the yield ultimately, because it it affects the the look of the plant, the the growth. It doesn't grow as well as a, as a normal plant would grow. Oh, okay. There's a lot of virus diseases that are spread by aphids, so and it shows up as a mottle in the leaf. You know, sometimes it just looks diseased and it just it doesn't look healthy. So there's various different viruses will show different effects, but that's normally leaves are nice dark green, and you, if you see one that's stunted and uh, a wee bit twisted up the leaf and a, a bit of mottle, just a through the leaf it often indicates disease virus disease so i wouldn't keep any seed off of the, yeah, that one it. yeah i would say just prior to to planting i would let this if you can let the seeds grow a wee bit so they're chitted they call it chitin where the, where the sprouts start to grow so that in, gives them a good start as well so you can do that in your shed or in your, your greenhouse or something just to give them get them going before you put them in the soil so that's like that, that can give you a couple of weeks advantage oh that's great you... i've never known whether that actually yeah was just habit or whether it actually did mm-hmm. make a difference but it genuinely yeah. does work it does work yeah oh, um, don't put them in the light because if you, if you put them in the dark they just grow white and long spindly sprouts <laughs> so put them in a in a, a light place and then they'll go nice strong green yeah, and quite shoots and, yeah. and you want to plant them when they're still quite like short and stubby short yeah yeah you don't want to because uh, if they're too long you can knock them off and that defeats the whole exercise so yeah try and get them be gentle with them and plant them plant them with short little chits on them they call it yes fantastic obviously blight's a big disease that people would have yeah. heard of most i'm sure there's lots of diseases that can affect them but at a sort of a small scale where you're growing for your own consumption if your potatoes have got away and they've got nice leaves and they don't look like they're so showing any of the signs of the viruses or anything, mm. is there any other things that we should be that we need to keep an eye out for, or would it just be blight that would be the one thing to be looking out for coming down the road potentially? Blight is your main disease pressure, I would say. Yes, um, obviously there's various sprays you can spray on for blight protection. I mean. The problem with blight is if you see it in the crop, it's too late. You know, the damage is done and it's very difficult to stop it once it's in there. So it's all about protection and getting the the, the fungicide on the leaves to protect them. You know, so most commercial growers will spray every seven to ten days for blight just to keep it out of the crop because you can't risk getting it in. So uh-huh. Blight would be your main one. There's things like slugs. If you can keep on top of slugs, keep them away. Wireworm as well as another one after grass. So things like that you can maybe control slugs and snails with I mean there's various 
pellets available for yeah. if you or if you don't want to use that just pick them off if you can and but it's it's not easy but they will do a lot of damage to the to the tubers as well there is other not diseases but funguses in the soil that can cause as i mentioned there a common scab which is just a surface disease on the tubers you know it's um it can be peeled off it's, there's no harm to the it does you no harm to eat the tuber as long as it's peeled, you know. So yeah. it's uh... so boiled potatoes only for that year. Yes, <laughs> that's right. A good fertility soil will provide most of the nutrition to the plant that it needs. Yeah. Great. And if you are sort of organic or don't really want to use chemicals for blight, do you have like um, seed seed potatoes with more blight resistance these days? Yes. Yeah. You can look up in, um, on the website the disease ratings for each of the the varieties. So it will good. Some varieties are more blight resistant than others. Yeah. So there's none of them really a hundred percent blight resistant. Um, the problem being some of the ones that are really good blight resistance don't taste very good so you got I had that experience to be honest <laughs> <laughs> never again <laughs> yeah so it's, it's always going to be a risk yeah again your early production get get them in early uh, get them grown quick and get an early early variety before the blight season kicks in because the blight tends to come in later in the season but so you, you can't get a, a crop before before the blight comes in there's various blight warnings are issued in this to the growers, but the problem being, if you see it, as I said, if you see it in your crop, it's too late. It's yeah. it'll be, it's very difficult to stop. All you can do is chop off the the tops or the shores. You would say, chop them off. If it's if it's in the leaves, it will wash off the leaves into the soil and end up on the tubers, so the tubers will rot uh-huh. as well. It's uh, blight is a a major consideration. But yeah, as you say, blight resistance, some varieties are better than others. So look up the websites and it will give you a rating for each from the varieties you've got. We're moving on through and we're hoping that in this uh, imagined scenario, we've not had any problems with blight or anything. Nothing's come in. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you describe what earthing up is and what it does for the crop? Earthing up is really just pulling the soil up up in the drill some some people will do it mechanically or you can do it by hand just to it is a number of advantages it, it keeps the weeds down is one advantage it stops the tubers poking out the drill which if, if they're exposed to light they'll go green so you don't want that you can't eat them if they're green uh, so it prevents that it helps the shape of the drill it makes harvesting easier as well so yeah if you can earth them up or fur them up yeah that's good and as i say it keeps the weeds down so weeds can be a problem as well chickweed annual meadow grass so it will help control these these weeds as well fantastic so we've moved on through the season and everything's going well mm-hmm. how do you decide when it's the right time to harvest your potatoes good question usually you know the potatoes will start there'll be some of them flower some of them don't flower so once the flowers are passed it tends to be you could you could start lifting then really if you're you want to lift them in the day before the blight comes in really <laughs> so is is the best way but um, once they're up to a reasonable size you know you, you can leave them too long you can start using them if you're going to eat them straight away yeah leave them to grow and just lift what you need for the next couple of days some people will uh, leave them a bit too long uh, yeah fine they'll get 
every day they're growing, they're getting bigger, you know, mm-hmm. so it depends on your market again. If it's just for your own consumption, you don't want them too big. Some people will cut the tops off as well. Cutting the tops off will encourage the the skin to start setting, you know, on the, on the tubers. If you cut them off, it, it'll encourage the tuberiz- tuberization to start of the tuber. So you want, you want a nice skin because the skin protects it. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. So if you can get, you know, if you're lifting too early and they're skinning, you know, which your early potatoes, if you're eating them straight away, it's not a problem. You see them in a the shop, loose skinned. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to store them for a long period, you need a good skin set, skin, skin set, skin finish on them, you mm-hmm. would say. So the skin is a protection for the, for the tuber. It keeps out all the it keeps out most of the, the, the yeah. issues you're going to get. So if you can, if you want to keep them long-term storage, you need a good skin on the tubers. Yeah, and so if you top. cut the tops off, how long do you need to leave them before you think about lifting them? I would say two, three, four weeks maybe. Okay. It, it varies from variety to some varieties are quicker to set than others, and it depends on the when you cut the tops off as well, of course. But uh, some varieties will take nine weeks before the, the skin is properly <laughs> set. So, which is maybe not an issue if it's if it's for your own consumption. But um, on a commercial scale, uh, they don't want the skins to be to be loose at all. No. So. And once we've harvested the potatoes, and if we weren't just eating them mm-hmm. all in the short term, what are the options for storing them on a, quite a small scale? As long as it's cool, frost-free, and out of the daylight, you know, so dark. You need to be in the dark because, again, if they're in the light, they'll go green and you shouldn't be eating green potatoes. So hessian bags are good. Don't store them in plastic bags because it, uh, that creates all sorts of problems because they, they can't, they're still breathing, so they need to breathe. When you lift them, they're... There's still a bit of heat in the tuber as well, so you need to get rid of the heat and the and the moisture as well. So uh, plastic bags, a is, disaster. <laughs> yeah, boxes, hessian bags, as I say, are all good. Something that will let the moisture out. Okay. And at the start, you're talking about your previous job when you're working for the government. At what mm-hmm. stage is it important that you need to like involve the government with the fact that you're growing potatoes? Where, where does, you know, like you've got home consumption and nobody really knows about it. Maybe it's yeah. on your IX form. Where does it shift into? Officially, it should be, you should be informing if it's more than 0.1 of a hectare you're growing. So small scale, a few drills here or there yeah. is not going to make any difference. The idea is that because Scotland is a seed potato producing country, uh, they're trying to protect the seed production. So... Any source of disease in Scotland is seen as not to be encouraged at all. So some of the weir, small weir growers who are growing 10 acres or a few acres of this can can be a source of infection for a healthy seed crop next door. Oh, so okay. it's, it's not that we're trying, the government are trying to stop you growing your potatoes. It's just that um, we're trying to protect the the commercial production and keep it as healthy as possible. If it's more than 0.1 of a hectare, uh, you should be declaring that on, it'd be on, as you say, on your IAC SAF form anyway. So, but anything less than that is, is not an issue at all. Great. Now, and lastly, you mentioned before about growing local varieties and some areas have potatoes that like it's only there 
what should we do to try and ensure Scotland keeps its genetic variety of potatoes? Yeah, yeah. I think it's important we do try and keep these varieties that are, as you say, very localised varieties, particular to certain areas. There's no issue at all about growing. I mean, getting fresh seed will be an issue sometimes. SASA down at Edinburgh, Science and Advice for Scottish Agriculture, they have a collection and James Hutton Institute have a, the Commonwealth collection of all most of these old varieties. So it is possible to... If you've got a variety local to your area, Sasa can clean it, cl- clean it up. You would say if there's any virus, they can grow it on. So the they take the very tip of the the growing point and it it's clean, and then they'll grow it on and produce mini tubers or microtubers yeah. from that. So it, it it can be cleaned up, and the Sasa are very keen to keep these varieties going because. You never know what's going to happen for breeding new varieties. Sometimes they go back to the really old wild varieties and the old varieties as well. So if you can get the seed, yeah, I would encourage fresh seed. Try and buy Scottish seed if you can, uh, which has all been through the classification process and the inspection process. So if you're buying from garden centres or agricultural suppliers, it should all come with a, a label on it which indicates the crop number, the variety, so it's been through the whole process. So it is more difficult to get these specialist varieties, mm-hmm. heritage varieties, but the government is keen to keep these growing, growing as well. So, yeah, it's it just becomes a bit more difficult to, to get fresh seed for these. Yeah. No, but that's interesting and good to know that there's support for, you know, if there's a, a network of growers that are trying to keep some of their local heritage mm-hmm. varieties going that there's support there so that's fantastic yeah mm-hmm. so as we draw to a close obviously what would we're thinking about starting to grow again in 2022 what would be your top tips for small-scale growers in 2022 top tips for for growing potatoes get your seed scottish seed early get it chitted or sprouted you would say um, have it ready to plant as soon as the temperature's are warm enough. The soil temperatures, not the air temperatures. It's important the soil temperatures are get up to decent, you know, if you plant in April, May. If you want to go for earlier production, you can cover the soil with black plastic or fleece or something to encourage encourage the heat in the soil. So, I mean, that does work. So that's one way of getting it in early. Try different varieties until you get one that you like to eat and it does well in your area. It's um, as I said, there's, there's hundreds of varieties available. There's bound to be one out there that will, will do well. Some of them taste better. Some of them don't. Some of them are unusual shapes. You get tubers like pink fur apple, which is a very unusual growing. If you look it up on the website, it's, it grows knobbly and it's a weird looking thing, but it's really tasty. So it's difficult to get a hold of seed for that, but it's things like that. Grow what you want to eat, basically. Try different varieties. Watch out for the varieties in the supermarkets and the shops, because although everybody's heard of Maris Piper, King Edward, Rooster, they're all good varieties, but um, there's a lot of varieties up there, out there. So just check the labels. Just have a look at what, what you're eating, and if you like them, try and get seed from that variety. Don't keep seed from the supermarket, the ones you're eating, because you don't know where that seed's going from yeah. so d- don't keep them but um, try and source seed from that variety 
Well, thank you so much for all your time today and expertise. And if anybody's got any potato questions, then they can phone the, the FAS advice line. No problem. Yeah, they can send in photos or if they have any issues or any specific questions, that's not a problem. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time. Okay. Nice to talk to you.